It's time for CBJ in 30, presented by Telhio Credit Union. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, YouTube, and TuneIn. The easiest thing to do is tell Alexa or Siri to play CBJ in 30. Here's your host, Bob McGilligan. Welcome to another Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Telhio Credit Union. Coming up in just a bit, I am going to answer all of your Blue Jackets questions on what is a strange day. It's been a strange couple of days. It's all of a sudden turned into a strange week. The Blue Jackets were supposed to be wrapping up a road trip today that was to be five games. They were going to Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, finishing up in Buffalo. Things changed, and they changed in the early part of the week. When the Blue Jackets were in Vancouver, things started to happen, not in a good way, but in a bad way, with COVID cases around the league, especially in Calgary. As we finally got to Thursday with the Blue Jackets in Edmonton, it was determined there would be no Saturday game in Calgary, and the Blue Jackets, instead of going there, would end up coming home and then going to Buffalo yesterday, Sunday. That didn't happen either because so much has changed in the last couple of days. I'm going to tell you all about the changes right after I tell you about the good people over at Telhio Credit Union. Yes, it is a season where you are spending money and you're trying to save money. You're trying to do the best with your finances. And when you're looking at the overall picture, you should look to the folks at Telhio Credit Union. First of all, why should you join a credit union as opposed to being with a regular bank? The answer to that question and many, many more are on the website of Telhio Credit Union. You can find that at telhio.org. Just go through and look at all the different services that they provide and the different perks that they provide with those services. It can be something as simple as a personal checking account. It can be something as complex as a small business loan. Those things Everything in between and beyond, they've got it at Telhio Credit Union. Just go to their website to find out more. While you're surfing around and clicking on the tabs, if you can't find the answer to a question, if it's during business hours, there's a live chat option on the right-hand side of the screen. Click on that. Someone will pop up right there on your screen to help you find the information that you are looking for. Telhio Credit Union is open to everyone in Central and Southwestern Ohio. They are federally insured by NCUA. All right, let's talk about the week that was. The Blue Jackets, just over a week ago, started a road trip. They got a win in Seattle. They gave up three third-period goals, but they came back to win in overtime, 5-4 to four over the Kraken. Then it was on to Vancouver, going there on Saturday night after the game in Seattle, not having a game until Tuesday. And the Blue Jackets and Canucks, as it edged toward Tuesday, there were stories around the league of COVID cases that were popping up all over the place, and especially in Calgary, where the Blue Jackets were supposed to play on Saturday. And that Calgary situation just kept on getting worse with every passing day, and Calgary wasn't the only place. There were other teams that were dealing with COVID problems. As a matter of fact, the Vancouver Canucks, on the day of the game that the Blue Jackets played on Tuesday, they shut down their morning skate. They didn't have their morning skate. They had a couple of players go into the COVID protocol, and they kind of uh, just regrouped and waited for the game that night. And they did have a player that was taken out of the game after the first period because he tested positive. That was defenseman Tucker Pullman. But even with all of that, the Blue Jackets blew a three-goal first-period lead and lost the game 4-3 to three late in the third period. Then... It was on to, Edmonton for, on to Edmonton for stop number two on the trip. And again, as we were headed to Edmonton, 
All of a sudden, things were getting worse all around the league and even worse in Calgary. And that's when it was determined that the Blue Jackets would not be going to Calgary for the game on Saturday. They would be returning to Columbus after the Edmonton game on Thursday. The league also started to put in new protocols on Thursday. And even though they weren't official until a day or so later, whatever it was, um, the players were already making the adjustments, the teams were making the adjustments, and the the new rules, or, or the old rules, I should say, because many of them are the rules that they had in place during last year, those rules went back into effect. So when we got to Edmonton, it was uh, pretty much everybody in your room. There will be a team meal in the hotel. You're not going to go out for any outside dining anywhere. We're going to keep this contained, and that's exactly what happened. Blue Jackets went out and played that night against the Oilers and lost that game 5-2. to two. They were down 4 to nothing. They climbed back to cut the lead in, the, in half, and then Edmonton scored an empty netter to set the final. Again, 5-2 was the final in that game. Uh, we couldn't fly out that night. You had to wait until the next day to fly out and get back to Columbus. And even as we got on the plane, uh, it was being noted on social media that Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who had played For the Oilers the night before in that game, he had gone into the protocol. At that point, I'm going to be honest with you, completely and totally honest with you. I think everybody's focus, I know mine was, and I, you know, you don't want to speak for everybody, but you look around and you know what's going through people's minds. At that point, you were just hoping as you get tested on Thursday, had to get tested before the game on Thursday, and that was to be able to re-enter the United States on Friday. You're just hoping, and you're waiting. You're waiting for that call. You're waiting for that text. You're waiting for that information to make sure that you are all clear and you can get home because that's what it starts to be at that point. You're saying to yourself, if I get stuck in Canada, I'm missing Christmas. I'm not going to be with my family. I'm going to be in Canada for 10 to 14 days, and that was not something that anybody was interested in doing, not even the Canadians, for crying out loud. And it, uh, it was a little bit nerve-wracking, quite honestly. And I think that everybody felt it, whether they said it or not. I think that everybody felt it. And so everybody got the all-clear. Everybody came home. We landed on Friday afternoon. And uh, there was supposed to be um, a day off on Saturday and then a practice yesterday before heading to Buffalo. And then I'm sure, as you know, uh, after the testing on Sunday morning, there were three players put into the COVID protocol, Boone Jenner along with Jack Roslovic and Gabriel Carlson. And uh, then the team did not take off for Buffalo. It is a trip that is scheduled to be taken this afternoon. Just go into Buffalo, play against the Sabres, and then get back to Columbus later on tonight. So that's the way things went. That's where things are right now. And it's um, it's really some uncertain times. Let's be honest about it. Uh, in the world, in life, it's uncertain again. Um, nobody wanted to be here. It's frustrating for a lot of people, but it's where we are. And so you just have to deal with exactly where you are. And the Blue Jackets are hoping to make that flight to Buffalo and play that game against the Sabres tonight and only have one game missing on their schedule. Now, in the meantime, as all of this has gone on, there have been other things that have happened. The league is basically, not basically, they have actually shut down cross-border travel until after Christmas because, as I told you, We were there. We were in Edmonton, and there was concern about having to stay there and not being able to get back. And that's where a lot of teams are, as as you might imagine. Nobody wants to get trapped on the wrong side of the line right now. So the league has taken that worry away. They have eliminated cross-border travel 
until after Christmas. It's going to be interesting to see what happens after that because, as you know, the Blue Jackets are supposed to play the Toronto Maple Leafs at Nationwide Arena the day after the Christmas break. That'll be December the 27th. Will that game happen or won't it happen on that day at that time? I can't tell you right now. I have no idea. But the league has shut down the cross-border travel. Uh, They're trying to play as many games as they can right now, trying to get as many in as they can. And even the ones that have been canceled because Colorado shut down through the break, Nashville shut down through the break, uh, who else? Somebody else has shut down through the break. Now, it's um, Florida. That was the other team. So you're just trying to get it figured out. And the league is trying to figure out when they're going to make up these games. But one thing that they basically said is when the cross-border games were shut down, that event triggers the clause in the agreement they had with the Players Association that they can they can cancel the Olympics. They can cancel the National Hockey League players participating in the Olympic Games. I was watching Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet, an interview that he did. I saw it late last night on social media. He was talking about that, that this event triggers a clause. And so, in his opinion, the question is, is the NHL just going to come out and cancel player participation in the Olympics or will it be a joint statement between the NHL and the NHL Players Association? Personally, I think it'll be the latter of the two. I think there are a lot of players with the uncertainty that's going on. You're talking about going to China. There are reports that if you fail a test while in China, you could have to quarantine for three to five weeks. Just imagine that. Just imagine being stuck there three to five weeks. You can't do anything. You can't... Um, you can't train, you can't skate, you can't do anything. So even the three to five weeks is going to be much more than that by the time you come back and you get into any kind of playing shape. So there are a lot of players that are concerned about that. Uh, There is just the fact of what's going on around us right now. And I would be shocked, shocked if there is Olympic participation by the National Hockey League and its players coming in February this year. Now, if there are no Olympics... For the NHL players, that gives you three weeks that you can try to juggle the schedule a little bit and make up some of these games that you've missed because I don't think the league wants to go beyond the end of the season, which is set for April 29th already because of the three-week break that is already in the schedule. So it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out and how they put it together and and what happens here, even though the, over the course of the next couple of days leading into the Christmas break. So I wanted to give you the entire backstory on everything before I get to your questions. And today I'm going to start on Twitter with your questions at Bobby Mac Sports. I've got a couple of them here and they both deal with this subject and that's why I'm going to start here. The first one is from Maddie who says, what do you think about the NHL COVID protocols and all of the new cases that are coming up around the league? Listen, what I think of the protocols is they are put into place and we've got to abide by them because those are the rules that the league has put on everybody for now. I know there are, you know, there's a lot of discussion going on. There are some, uh, there's a general manager that has said some things or players that have said some things. Listen, the protocols are here. We deal with the protocols and move on and, and wait for them to review them sometime no later than January 7th. These uh, updated protocols, which again, as I said earlier, is kind of a turn back the clock protocol to last year. Uh, they, they're they going to review these no later than January the 7th. So as it stands now, 
Maddie, they're here, and you deal with it. Um, you play by the rules. There's no question about it. You don't want to get outside the lines on this whole thing. Uh, you want to make sure that we continue to go to work day in and day out, and the best way you do that is by following the protocols. Uh, the cases are going up all over the place, general population, sports population as well. So um, you just follow the rules that they give you, and when they revisit the rules, if they change, then you change with them. Jody says, do you think the league will shut down or go back to limited fans in the stands? Now, in the province of Ontario, and I think uh, I think British Columbia has done this now in, in Manitoba, maybe on the verge of it, uh, they've, they've already slashed in Ontario down to 50% capacity. You can only have 50% of the people in the building, which is really too bad. We were just in Toronto a couple of weeks ago, and it was typical Toronto. It was great. It was full building and um you know the final score wasn't great but the experience in the atmosphere was great so it is unfortunate I, i'm going to tell you this I, i'll be completely honest with you it is a different world for those of you that are living in central ohio and i know in the city of columbus there's still a mask mandate and other places around the state there there are mandates here mandates there but but for the most part there is um a lot more ability to make your own choices here than there is uh, on the other side of the border. I mean, it is they—they are—they are very serious about it. They are—they are cracked down on everything there. It is uh, there is very little little leeway on what's going on and where you go and what you do. I can tell you that hands down right now. So you know, here uh, is much different than there right now. Do I think the league is going to shut down? They are trying like heck not to shut down. Uh, let's be honest about this. Everybody lost a ton of money last year, the last two years, because of the pandemic. They're trying to get through. They're trying to keep this schedule as intact as they possibly can. They want it to be 82 games. They want to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. They want to award the Stanley Cup, and then they want to start again on time next year. That is still the goal. That's still what they're working toward. Right now, I don't think that they are going to pause. I don't think in the U.S., unless there are certain cities and markets or states or whatever it is that demand that you have to cut back on it, I don't think that that is the plan right now at all. I think it is business as usual as long as you can continue as usual. Again, the players and the people involved are going to follow the protocols. Uh, the fans in their respective cities are expected to follow uh, the rules and the mandates uh, that are going on there, and they will they will try to continue and play as many games as they possibly can as we go along. So that's where all of that stands right now, and that's just that's that's my perspective. That is uh, you know what what we've gone through, um, and where we're going. Who knows? You, you just hope you get to play the game in Buffalo tonight. You hope that uh, the Sabers come here and play on Thursday, and then you go into the Christmas break. And if you get to uh, play Toronto coming out of the break, great. If you don't, then you, you wait until the next day and you play in Chicago, I guess. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out as it goes along. I hate saying that. I'd love to have definitive answers for you. But you know, you know as well as I do, there are no definitive answers right now. We're on a minute-by-minute thing. I, I mean, yesterday... I was prepared to go get on a plane and fly to Buffalo. And there was a, uh, what time I, I left the house? Um, 
I went down in the morning. I went to the rink. I came back, and then I was here, and it was about, I don't know, 11.45, 11.50, and we were supposed to fly at 2.30 in the afternoon, and all of a sudden uh, the practice had been shut down, and uh, the flight was canceled, and we're going to go the day of the game. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. That's how quickly things are changing. When they change, you just go with it, and you do what you can do, and and then, uh, you know, whatever the next thing is, you react to the next thing. So that's that's where we're standing on all of this stuff. And now that we've gotten through all of that, and and, and you know I want to talk about hockey. I just want to talk about the X's and O's, the, the, you know, the, the trials, the tribulations, the successes, the failures, all that stuff. You know that's what I love talking about. You know that's why I do this. You know those are the questions I love to answer from you. But these questions are pertinent. This situation is pertinent. And that's why we've spent so much time covering it so far. But now I am going to get back to the hockey-related questions. And I'm going to go to my email, bobbymack at bluejackets.com, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C at bluejackets.com. And the first email is Brian from Columbus who says, what do you think is the logic behind not starting Jonas Corposalo since he returned from his illness? He hasn't played in over two weeks. Now, I got this in, in all fairness – I got this email uh, on Thursday. What time did I get it on Thursday? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so this was leading into the Edmonton game. Okay. Brian says, Corpusalo hasn't played in over two weeks, although a week he was out with sickness. But on the road trip, I would have thought that he would start one of the games. I get it. The writing is on the wall for a trade, and maybe one is being worked out, so he is sitting. If not, get him between the pipes, getting him between the pipes, would make sense to me at least to keep him active. Anyway, just wondering where your thoughts are regarding him not playing during the road trip so far. Well, Brian, I didn't expect to see him, quite frankly, because, look, Elvis got the start in Seattle, and that didn't surprise me, and then he played really well in Seattle. I mean, the first period of that game in Seattle, if Elvis Merzlikens isn't on top of his game, the Blue Jackets have no chance to win the game. In my opinion, that is that is a fact. They don't have any chance of winning unless he is on it in the first period. He was on it in the first period. They built the lead. The lead got away. But still, his contribution to that game was a huge key to them winning that game, hands down. Okay, So him starting in Seattle didn't surprise me. Now, he plays that well. So playing again on Tuesday in Vancouver, again, doesn't surprise me. Vancouver gets four straight goals. I didn't really look at those goals and say, well, it's on him. Uh, there were multiple reasons and breakdowns and giveaways and, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to say lack of effort, but, man, in the first period they could do nothing wrong. In the second and third periods they had a hard time finding out how to do something right. So that was a team effort, so I didn't really blame that on him. You're going up against Connor McDavid and the Oilers. They had lost six in a row. And you know they're hungry for a win. And again, Elvis has gotten the lion's share. So it didn't surprise me that he started again in that game. Now, he doesn't finish that game. He gets pulled after two periods, and Corposalo comes in and goes uh, a perfect 15 for 15 and save chances. And some people might say, well, the Oilers knew they already had that game in hand. But you know what? He made... The easy saves early in the period, but then when the intensity came up and when Edmonton started to get more serious about it and the Blue Jackets got on the board, 
Jonas was there to make the saves that he had to make. So I thought he handled himself very well, especially for a guy that has played sparingly in the last two weeks. But listen, Brian, here's a fact. Um, you know, Elvis has played well enough to deserve the start. Uh, Corpusalo has had a couple of bad breaks. He started the year with an injury in camp. Uh, he had that illness that put him on the injured reserve. Those are tough breaks. That's tough luck, quite frankly. Uh, when that happens and the other guy is playing as well as Elvis has been playing, you have to expect that you're going to have to wait sometimes a long time before your very next start. I thought that he would start the Buffalo game. He, going into it, barring any kind of disastrous performance by Elvis personally and, and by the team as a whole, and you know, even as I said in the Vancouver game, it wasn't it wasn't Elvis. It was more of a team thing. Uh, barring any of that, I looked at it like the games are spaced out evenly, and you can very easily have Elvis play in the bulk of those games, and and maybe Corpusalo has to sit until Monday. Maybe if you play the Calgary game on Saturday, maybe he plays that game. I I think now is that you know in hindsight with the way the Edmonton game finished, if there was a game in Calgary, he would have started that game. But going into the trip and, and factoring who was going to play where, I don't know, maybe he plays Saturday, maybe he has to wait until Monday, but it really didn't surprise me uh, that he didn't start prior to that. That's pretty much how I saw that it was going to be. And um, so that's that's where it is. I understand what you're saying. You want to get him playing, and if there's a trade uh, in the works, you know, maybe you want to get him playing, maybe you want to – to, to show teams, maybe you have a couple of teams that are still vying for his services and they want to see him play or something like that, but you know what? They've seen him. If anybody's talking about him right now, if anybody is, um, you know, really seriously looking at him right now, they know they know who he is, they know what he is, and they don't need to see him play. They can go ahead and make that deal. And I'm not saying that's what's going on either. I, I'm just saying that you know, he doesn't have to play for that, but I think it's nice. And I, I think he appreciates the fact that he gets into a game and, and he got to play and make some good, high-quality saves against a team like the Edmonton Oilers. So that's where all of that stands. All right, let's go to our first voice question of the show. And the first one in with a voice question this week is Doug. Hey, Bob. Doug from Powell. I'm curious as to the options that the club has for some of the younger players who may not be making the game day roster on a regular basis. I know that there would be value in some cases to uh, sending them down to Cleveland to play with the Monsters uh, for a while to get some experience and playing time. Uh, but I'm interested in knowing maybe the you know, what the contract options are. Is there a certain number of times that they can be shipped back and forth? Uh, is that different based on where the player came from? And uh, also maybe some of the, the, the specific players, if you are aware of, for example, how many more times that they can be sent down uh, without clearing waivers. Uh, thanks and appreciate your insights. Well, Doug, this is a very good question that you bring up. Now, the players that you're talking about, uh, the young players that are looking for experience and maybe they haven't been playing much here and there would be an opportunity to play in Cleveland for the Monsters, I would say that you're probably thinking about Igor Chinikov, who waited for a number of games before finally getting back in there against Edmonton the other night. Even Emil Bemstrom, who did go to Cleveland after coming off IR, and then they brought him back up as an extra forward for the trip out west, but he hasn't been playing, so maybe that's another guy that you are thinking of. And I will tell you this, when it comes to players like that, it's pretty easy. In fact, it is very, very easy because they are on – their entry-level contract. That means they are on their first NHL contract, a three-year contract, 
And all of those entry-level contracts are two-way contracts, which means they are NHL, AHL contracts. So you can send them back and forth. They can go up and down. When you get to a player like uh, this just happened a week and a half ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was now, because time's flying, and I really forget. Uh, Scott Harrington, he went down to Cleveland. That was a different beast because he had to clear waivers. There's a 24-hour period where any other team in the league could um, could claim him. So that's a different scenario than what we're talking about here. Also, right now, the Blue Jackets and the National Hockey League are in a holiday freeze. It started December 19th. It goes until December the 28th. You're not allowed to make trades. But when it comes to call-ups, and you're seeing a lot of teams that are going through all this COVID stuff right now, you can make the call-ups. You can do emergency recalls. And the players that are brought up, here's a case in point. Uh, Jake Christensen, he just got called up by the Blue Jackets before going into Vancouver or, or before going to Seattle the other night. Sorry about that. So he, before going to Seattle, they call him up because um, there's that injury to Adam Boquist. And so he's called up. He doesn't play. And then they decided to send him down the other day. Uh, after coming back to Columbus, they sent him down. Then Gabriel Carlson gets put in the COVID protocol, and now he is brought back up. And if he, you know, he'll be here. And Adam Boquist has been skating. So, you know, Boquist, does he get reactivated? Does he skate? Uh, is he able to play against Buffalo tonight? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, if he doesn't, then, you know, Christensen will go in, make his NHL debut. He could be here for the two Buffalo games. And then because of uh, the emergency recall, you could send him back by midnight on the 23rd slash 24th. So you can get him back down to the American Hockey League and on that payroll for the three-day Christmas break. And then if you need him, you can bring him back up on the other side. So that's how it goes. But those players, the ones you're talking about right now, they can bounce back and forth. It doesn't really have any ramifications on, you know, what's going on with them because they're on their entry-level contract. Once you get to be an older guy and you've been around, you played X amount of games, then there there are waivers involved. But right now, it's a pretty easy back and forth for the Blue Jackets with those young players. All right, I've got one more voice question for you on the show, and here it is. Hey, Bob, it's Greg in Cleveland. Okay, a few things I wanted to go over. First, the interview with Max Domi recently was by far and away the most engaging interview I've heard on this podcast yet. There have been a multitude of great ones, but that one takes the cake, especially the part when he was talking about his dad, was really candid, found it really interesting, um, because mainly his dad, when he was playing, that's when I was getting into hockey in the early 90s and that. So uh, that was some great material. Speaking of interviews, the recent one with John Davidson, he had mentioned something I never thought of. When these guys are going to go to the Olympics, if that does go through, um, should they have to quarantine when they come back? The parent team would have to call up players and so forth and how that could really screw things up for a team's salary cap. Now, I am not a numbers guy, um, so I wanted to check with you and see with whatever players in the Jackets are going to their respective countries, again, if it does happen, um, and they would have to quarantine. How badly could that put the Jackets in, a, in an unfavorable salary cap situation? Uh, third and final thing, as a huge Star Wars fan, I had to say that you absolutely nailed the Yoda voice a few episodes back on the Inside Edge. Uh, that did not go unnoticed. I really appreciated that. And uh, yeah, so thank you for doing that. Um, last thing, hey, Merry Christmas to you and your family, Bob, and thanks for all you do. Bye. Oh, thank you, I will. I really appreciate that, Greg. I hadn't done that impersonation for a long, long time. I used to do it when I was a kid. I used to do it all the time. 
because, well, because I could, right? And people thought it was cool. So I just did it all the time and tried to talk like Yoda and sound so wise and beyond my years and all that stuff. But um, <laughs> so I appreciate uh, your appreciation for that, Greg. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for the Christmas wishes. Uh, same to you and yours and everybody out there. I'll get to that all in just a minute when I wrap things up here. But um, yeah, the listen, first of all, let's go through this in chronological order back to what you just said to me. Uh, the Max Domi interview, if you missed it, it was on last week's edition of The Inside Edge. Jody Shelley and I sat down with Max Domi. It was superb. He was talking about, as Greg said, his dad, of course, Ty Domi, uh, his tough guy dad. And he was talking specifically about how his dad would come to his hockey games. And his dad had time for everybody, except the only rule was when he was with his family, that was his time. And he didn't want to take pictures and he didn't want to uh, sign autographs. And Max said that they would walk out of the rink every week and he would see a lot of disappointed kids. Uh, because he would be trailing his dad, and when they asked him and they got told no or they got told nothing, he saw the disappointment in their faces, and uh, he talks about how he doesn't ever want any kid to feel like that, and he takes extra time and care to make sure that uh, he includes everybody as best as he possibly can, especially the young kids, and I think that is fantastic. And that was only uh, a small portion of the long talk that we had with Max Domi. So again, if you missed it, Go back and check out last week's edition of the Inside Edge. I guarantee you, you're going to love it. You really will. And you get to know a lot about Max Domi. And it's really, you know, when we talk about uh, pulling back the curtain and seeing who people really are and, and you know, getting to, to hear from them, and that's, that's what we try to bring you on that show. That's the idea of that show. And Max Domi made it very, very easy for us last week. So, uh, thank you, Greg, for recognizing that. And if you missed my interview with John Davidson last Friday, and I, I'm not going to get into the, the Olympic stuff, and, and because, Greg, you've already heard me talk about it at the beginning, it looks like it's not going to happen. If it's going to happen, I will revisit that for you, but I just don't see it. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to the interview that I did with John Davidson last Friday because I took a different perspective on it. I'm not sure how many of you really know John Davidson, the former hockey player, what he did, what he did that was so special. He was the first goaltender ever to go from the major junior ranks to the National Hockey League. There was there were no no American Hockey League, no nothing. He made the jump. Now today that happens frequently. Back then it did not happen. And he was the first guy to do it in his position. And he was drafted by the St. Louis Blues. He played for the St. Louis Blues. They ended up trading him. He went to the New York Rangers where he thought he was going to be backing up a Hall of Famer. And then that guy got traded. And all of a sudden, J.D. was the number one guy. And he talks about that experience and about his time in New York as a player and why he why he retired from playing and how he got into broadcasting and how he became a Hall of Fame broadcaster and why he walked away from that career and decided to get into management. It's all there. It, it is a backstory on John Davidson. It is not – we talk about the Blue Jackets. We talk about the things that have gone on here when he was around the first time and now as he's come back. Yeah, we, we talk about that. But this is a full – who is John Davidson? What may you not know about John Davidson? What are some great old-time hockey stories – 
from John Davidson. That's what it is. So if you missed that interview on Friday, I invite you to go back and listen to it because, again, I asked like six questions. He talked for 45 minutes. That's John Davidson. He's a, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. He knows how to talk. But it was so fun to sit down with him in a relaxed atmosphere and just kind of, you know, shoot it back and forth. It was it was fun. It was great. So if you missed it, please go back and listen to it because I promise it will be worth your time. So here we are. Again, it's, it's Monday, and we're expected to go to Buffalo and play against the Sabres and then have a game at home against the Sabres on Thursday, and that will lead us right into the Christmas break. Last year, there was no Christmas break. The season didn't get started until January, so uh, it is that time of year. And I know I did shows around Christmas last year where I could still talk to you and I could I could still give you my wishes, but here we are in the midst of this season, a season that has been uh, very good in the early going, a season that has been trying as of late. You guys remember, you remember back in the beginning, back in the first four to six weeks, I told you, you're going to hit the meat grinder of the schedule. There is going to be adversity. It's going to be how you overcome the adversity, and that's where the Blue Jackets are right now. And they not only have adversity in trying just to win games, now they've got some uh, COVID protocol adversity that they've got to go through. And as it says, uh, as the saying goes, this too shall pass. But I think we have uh, a lot of things to be thankful for this season. I, first of all, the fact that right now we're we're still playing the schedule and that things are going relatively well just in the continuity of the schedule for the Blue Jackets. Be thankful about that. I know that you are so thankful to have the Blue Jackets back. We talk about it all the time, uh, what the home crowds have been like this year, and and I can't wait for that final home crowd on Thursday night before Christmas because the nationwide arena crowds this year, this is not to pump all your tires. This is just true. They've felt like playoff games. They, the fans in the building are directly responsible for several come-from-behind wins in the early part of the schedule, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm not just making that up. It has been something special. So I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful for you to be at the games. I'm thankful for you to listen to the broadcasts of the games. I'm thankful for you to, to tune this in and, and download this podcast two times a week, uh, listen to the Inside Edge. I mean, it really does mean the world to me. It means the world to all of us. I can tell you, I said earlier, I don't like to speak for other people, but I'm going to right now because I can tell you for uh, Jeff Rimmer and Jody Shelley and Dave Metzold and Jean-Luc Grandpierre and Brian Keesenslaw on the television side um, and for Dylan Tyre and for me on the radio side, we appreciate you. We appreciate your passion. We appreciate your loyalty, your dedication. We just appreciate you being there every time we turn around. We can always depend on you, and you can always depend on us. I promise you that. So I would like to say from my family, my home family, and my work family, to you and your families, a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and I hope that uh, you stay safe and that you enjoy every moment. I think that's the one thing that we should have all learned here in the past year and a half going on two years. Enjoy every moment. There are people that are seeing people that they haven't seen in a long, long time. 
There are people going places that they haven't gone in a long, long time. Take it in. Appreciate it. Remember, not so long ago, you didn't have it. And you want to savor every single minute, every single second of this holiday season. So again, if you're traveling, travel safe. Uh, If you're staying home, relax, enjoy yourself, and just... um, We just look forward to seeing you on the other side because I will not do a show coming up on Friday because that'll be on Christmas Eve. So there'll be no CBJ and 30 on Friday and uh, we can reconvene next week and uh, do this on Monday. Right. Is that right? The 25th, 26th. That would be the day that we're supposed to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs next Monday. So we can do a little Monday mailbag coming right out of the Christmas break. Uh, I think we're going to know a lot more by then as to what the heck is going on. And we can uh, we can touch base there and get together, and I can answer your questions as I always do. My favorite day of the week is Monday. You know why? Because I get to talk to you. I get to hear from you. I get to answer your questions. Again, the questions, we had those voice questions. They're so easy to do. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. No question is a dumb question. Maybe the ones I ask are, but no question is a dumb question. Get on your phone, voice recorder, voice memo, whatever you want to use, whatever the app is that you have on your phone. Just record it. You can record it as a video, and I can take the sound right from that video. So if that's easier for you you to do, just go ahead and do that. Email those to me, bobbymack, B-O-B-B-Y-M-A-C, at bluejackets.com. If you want to hit me up on Twitter with your question there, at Bobby Max Sports is where you can find me. Enjoy your Christmas, enjoy your holidays, and thanks for listening to this Monday Mailbag edition of CBJ and 30 presented by Tell Ohio Credit Union. Until next time, I'm Bob McElligot saying so long.